0: Do not adjust your set. Steel toes and scoreboards for the first time since July 3rd. We're coming at you. Well, I'm coming at you. Uh, Kirk, Kirk Kelly and I were supposed to get together tonight to record a mini episode because, like I said, we haven't put anything on tape since July 3rd, uh, and we're scheduled, and uh, the memory card's tapped. And I'm like, shit. So I texted him, I said, no episode tonight. Uh, but I had all these notes I put together for a mini, a weeknight chronicles here, and I just couldn't let these bitches go to waste, so uh, doing a little mobile recording tonight. I got the earbuds in, and we're recording right off the Podbean app here on my phone. So none of the fancy equipment's out. But hey, we're going to get some content out. I will have a memory card this weekend. Kurt and I will be together this weekend. I think we're going to talk a little Johnny Paycheck. Going to start to do some Outlaw series episodes on Outlaw Country Music. Why not, you know? But anyways, there's... (laughs) We have missed so much... I mean, we've we've missed so much sports news, so many big things going on in the world of sports uh, in the last uh, five weeks, six weeks since we recorded, and like I said, uh, the month of July just got away from us, specifically me. Kurt's always down to record. Uh, It just, it got away from us, so uh, I apologize, but hey, here's some content, let's throw some new shit at you. Uh, I love the Weeknight Chronicle episodes because they're always minis. It always gives me a chance to play newscaster, sports reporter, whatever. And uh, we're going to start. What would a what would a solo Jared shot be here without something to deal with professional wrestling? Right. So let's go ahead and open this up and let's talk a little bit about Vince McMahon. Now, uh, Vince McMahon. Uh, we all know the story. I mean, you can go back and check out this past summer, the Weeknight Chronicles episode. You know, he got his PP spanked hard with this uh, sexual harassment and this hush money payments and and all this shit. And uh, you know, he got that PP spanked. You know, seventeen million dollars. Hey, you give me a blow me, you can further your career. Hey, let me see your nipples, and uh, I'll give you an extra five grand a week. All this shit that he did. All this stuff. Whatever. Whoever. Don't care. Don't give two shits. Uh, He retires, basically, to avoid backlash. He comes back, uh, and I'm like, this company's never going to sell. This is always going to be a family-owned company. Now they're this this merger with the UFC and everything. Uh, But anyways, uh, federal law enforcement uh, this past week executed a search warrant, and they served him with a federal grand jury subpoena. Now, Vince McMahon's been taking a medical leave. He's been out. He had major... You know, he's 70-something years old. 77 years old, 78. He had a major spinal surgery about two weeks ago. Since then, he's been taking some medical leave. Now, uh, Nick Kahn is kind of running thinking, God, you know how I feel
1: about Nick Kahn. Almost as bad as I hate Tony Kahn. Two different sets of cons, both con men. Uh,
0: anyways... Um, this is involving, and you can get it in your Google machine. This is involving the uh, the filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission that he was using, you know, corporate profits and blah 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 for hush money payments and all this stuff. The important thing to know here is that this story is still not over, and now that the federal search warrants are being executed and he's been getting served with subpoenas, um, you know. The this, this story deepens. Now, uh, the WWE did release a statement about this uh, earlier in the week, and it basically was just a blanket statement, as you would expect. And it basically says, quote, The WWE has cooperated throughout and fully understands and respects the federal government's need for a complete process. Now, for those of you listening, you might not be pro wrestling nerds like I am. There's only two things in this world that have ever had a, a, a hold on me since I've been uh three four five years old that's baseball and that's professional wrestling uh if you don't have your ear to the street pro wrestling wise all the time like i do you don't know there's a lot of people in this taking miss mcmahon's side and saying the only reason the federal government's getting involved is because mcmahon told him to suck his nuts and he beat the steroid case in 1994 uh, that's not true. I mean, that is a pretty. I mean, that, that does make you a pretty bad son of a bitch. You take on the federal government and beat them at their own game. He did it in '94. It don't look like he's doing it in 2023. Who knows what happens now? This is all started because the Wall Street Journal, them fucktards over there, broke the uh, the story last year about the three million dollar payment from him to an employee who had left the company following an affair. And then, of course, the story had deepened to where they were. McMahon was passing around women, uh, to some of his top, uh, inner circle, and, uh, so much misconduct, and then they, uh, anyways, the story has legs, even if you're not a fan of professional wrestling, you're just, you like, uh, you're interested by stories that involve a lot of corporate greed, and, and, uh, corporate powerhouses towing over the line and stuff like this is this is very a very intriguing enthralling story um and again i'll keep you updated there's a lot of stuff in here tonight where it's going to be callbacks to a lot of the things we've discussed in in prior weeknight chronicle episodes throughout the last year year and a half Um, but yeah let's let's get let's get back to it so i want to jump the gun here And talk a little bit about NASCAR, and you know where I'm going with this. This is the uh, George Floyd, uh, Noah Gregson, what would you call, debacle, fiasco. Uh, Maybe some people are calling some people are calling it racism. Some people are claiming that NASCAR and cancel culture is far too weak. Uh, I don't really have an opinion on this situation, but you all know my opinion on cancel culture. You wouldn't have made it in Archie Bunker times back in the day. Uh, Anyways, uh, basically, uh, Noah Gregson, uh, he's asked his team, his ownership, uh, Legacy Motor Club, to release him from his contract so he can begin working towards a reinstatement. He was suspended last Saturday. Uh, because he liked an insensitive meme on fa- on social media with a picture of George F- Floyd's face. Now, we all know about George Floyd. I mean, hell, Floyd Money Mayweather buried him in a $25,000 gold pl- casket. Uh, so we all know who George Floyd is. Uh, and quote directly from ESPN, Floyd was a black man killed in 2020 when a white Minneapolis police officer knelt on his neck for nine and a half minutes. Thank you for reminding us, ESPN. Now, apparently he liked a meme. And here's my thing about memes. Memes are supposed to be insensitive. Memes are supposed to be dark humor. Uh if you'd see some of the text messages I get, some of the memes I get, some of the meme groups I'm in, uh we would all be getting canceled. All of you listening would be getting canceled cuz there's not a single one of you Listening, wherever you're listening in the world, that can't tell me you don't have something on your phone that's deviant, disgusting, vile, despicable, over the line, crossing the line, would get you canceled if it was ever brought to the world's attention. We all do it. However, and this is a southern Indiana fat white redneck saying this. It's 2023, people.
1: Yes, cancel culture is fucking stupid, but yes,
0: color is just color, man. Like, what the fuck? We all bleed
1: red, baby. We're all the same. I've been, uh, I've been dealing with a lot more, uh,
0: tolerance and, and, and openness to things in the last few years of my life here.
1: And uh I don't know, man, like it's sad that that racism's still a thing. Uh my eight year old,
0: my nine year old, excuse me, she's nine year old, my middle child. Uh about a year ago we were uh Somewhere at some public store. I don't know if it was Walmart, Home Depot, wherever we were.
1: And she went to get a drink out of the water fountain. And she came back and she she was
0: smiling. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, that nice brown girl over there. She said, we took, she took a drink and I took a drink. I said, brown girl. And she had pointed this little Hispanic girl over there. I said, oh, okay. I said, did you say hi? She goes, yeah. She said, Daddy, did you know a long, long time ago, like a hundred million years ago, because this is, uh, at the time, a seven-year-old, she's nine now, but she goes, did you know a hundred million years ago that some people couldn't even drink out of the same fountains if they didn't have the same color skin as me? They made them drink other fountains. She goes, that's silly and mean you know, like, wow, I was just taking it back there point being, I, I don't we don't discuss politics on the show I'm not getting on a political soapbox the point is, I can see both sides of this fucking argument here but it was a meme, memes are meant to be insensitive they're meant to be fucked up, they're meant to make you question everything you're doing as a human being if it's right, if it's wrong, if it's sane or fucking insane but at the same time there's no place in the world for racism, except Colin Kaepernick. Because I just love the trolling because he's a hack. Uh, and and if you go back to Weeknight Chronicle episodes last year, and I shit on Colin, I uh, will publicly take a shit on Colin Kaepernick any chance I get. We don't we we don't get that many downloads anyway. So if we were gonna get canceled, fuck it, send it full send. Uh, Kaepernick was a fraud and a hack who played the race card to get his name running through more mouths than a porn star's dick goes in somebody's mouth. Yep, I sat there, I went there, uh, I will publicly shit on Kaepernick any chance I get, that'll never stop, but anyways, moving on,
1: um, Silence. So I guess I want to talk about, and Kurt
0: and I have talked about this at length off-air before. And we've mentioned it a couple times on-air that we need to do an episode. this whole conference realignment and and schools jumping and and there needs to be a realignment of some professional leagues and and the conference... the geographical location of, of teams moving conferences when you've got teams from the West Coast becoming members of the Big Ten. I don't know, maybe it's just the old school in me. I just turned 36 years old a week ago. I don't know if it's the old in me, the, th- the thing that something's been that way most all my life, but now you've got all these teams and everything that are switching conferences. And ge- why, why is Maryland a Big Ten school? Why is USC and UCLA a Big Ten school? Okay. Why is Texas in the SEC instead of being in the Big 12? What, like, what? like, All this is going on. At the same time, the Pac-12 has just fucking exploded. Now, I can remember the same as all of you can when it was just the Pac-10. This is one of the oldest Power Five conferences in collegiate sports. It's a powerhouse, and then it goes to the Pac-12. Now, here you are. You're sitting this week. We're virtually looking at no more Pac-12. I don't care how many. I don't care what schools they get. Even if they if they rename it and it becomes a Pac-8 or a Pac-6, it's still not going to hold the same weight that it used to. And uh, this is going on because Washington and Oregon. Another <laughs> fucking West Coast schools are going to join the Big Ten. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are going to join the Big 12. Now you've got Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, and Cal that are going to have to find a conference to play for if the Pac 12 cannot uh, play Band Aid and suture itself back together in time come 2024. So. I just, now, Greg Sankey, this is, and you've heard me talk about him a lot, this is the commissioner for the SEC. Um, Excuse me just one second. Sorry about that. Uh, Duty calls. Had something to take care of. Another text message. Uh, But anyways, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, he was a, He did a bit on Paul Feinbaum's show, which, by the way, I love Paul Feinbaum. I always have. uh, He's done guest appearances on NFL Network, done some stuff, had his own show. Uh, Great fucking guy. Paul Feinbaum's show is awesome. Uh, But now... I guess Sankey was offering his opinion because the SEC, because when it comes to collegiate sports, apparently everybody only knows the letters SEC, or at least when it comes to collegiate football. Uh, I hate the SEC. God, I hate the SEC. They're so overrated. Uh, everybody thinks just since Saban came back, since, what has it been now, 2010? 2009? Because Saban was still coaching the Dolphins in oh seven. Anyways, rambling. Sankey's offering his opinions on things and, and uh it's a great interview. I don't I have a whole bunch of quotes here from it. I'm not gonna get into it just because it's a it's a shitload of quotes to read. Uh we'll just kind of talk around it. I encourage you if if this uh topic that we've been following in sports for the last couple of years, and especially since the the implosion of the Pac-Twelve in, in recent days interests you at all, go out of your way to get on YouTube, to get on social media, to check out the interview Sankey did with Paul Feinbaum show. I may hate the SEC, I may not like Greg Sankey, but Sankey made a lot of good points about some things and offered his opinion on what could be possibly be done. Uh, so where I think this is going is you're you're. I don't think I don't think you're ever gonna see a Pac-12 or a Pac-10 together again. Um, I mean, I don't I don't know what the process is here. I've never seen nothing like this before. In my mind, I don't know how it works, but in my mind, it either they become a very smaller conference now, like a Pac-6 a pack 8 or there's just no more pack at all, which I don't believe will happen because being out there, you have to have a conference on the Pacific side of the country. You have to. The Mountain West ain't going to be big enough to carry anything, and hell, the Mountain West has got its own stuff going on. You can go back to some of our uh, past few Weeknight Chronicles episodes where I think we talked at length about the Mountain West conference. It might have even been the last Weeknight episode we did. I can't remember But the Mountain West Conference has its own shit going on right now. So, I think, and here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. I want you guys to think about this and, you know, you give me your opinion, which you guys never really do. But uh, if there is no more Pac-12, and say they become like a Pac-8 or a Pac-6 or whatever, is this still a Power 5 conference? is it are they still a power 5 conference without being a Pac 12 I mean it's interesting I love these things I've been drinking uh these uh vitamin water lemonades they're
1: so good
0: I'm just browsing through these quotes here to see if there's anything I'm and there's really nothing. I mean I mean I could read them but some of them are kind of long but I actually encourage you and to, to to go out of your way. The episode was only a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. To go find it. I'm sure if you can't find the full interview you can at least find snippets of it out there. And for me telling you to check out something that's involving Sankey in the SEC means it's it's got to be good. So uh, I want to move on and talk about LeBron James' kids. Yes, I know during this whole five six weeks that Kurt and I have not been recording, there was the issue that happened with LeBron James' oldest son, Bronny, the heart attack, cardiac arrest, whatever it is. He's fine. He didn't die. Uh, I'm actually talking about LeBron James' second child, Bryce. And this is, this is news that's really not news at all. It's basically, uh, he's going to play for Notre Dame High School there in Sherman Oaks, California, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, because that's where a lot of uh, Fox Sports Radio uh, does some of their shit out of. That's where the Rich Eisen show used to be filmed, that might still be there, is out of Sherman Oaks, California. Uh, he's played the fir- last couple years at Sierra Canyon High School, which is where... Ferroni was playing, uh, but now he's going to transfer. What's interesting about this is he's going to be there with Mercy Miller. Who's Mercy Miller? He's a four-star prospect who's going to be playing for Houston next year. The Houston Cougars. Now, who's Mercy Miller? Only the son of Percy Miller. Who's Percy Miller? Who's Percy Miller? Bueller, Bueller, Percy Miller, the son, the youngest son of Master P. Oh, everybody knows New Orleans, Master P, No Limit Soldiers. I used to love me some Master P. I'm a child of the 90s, baby. I was born in 1987. I'm a child of the 90s. There will never be another time period in American history that was as badass, music-wise, entertainment-wise, attitude-wise, as what the 90s was. Uh, The other big thing that was news this week uh, is the lawsuit with the UFC that's going down, the antitrust lawsuit. Now, this is a story that's been going on for about three years. This story's been going on so long. Kurt and I were uh, in April of 2021, uh, about a month before we launched our podcast here and we started recording episodes. We were making a list of things we could talk about. We still didn't have a formula. We didn't know what the show was going to be about. We just knew it was going to be based 90% on sports. And I thought it would be just like, hey, we're going to talk about this hot topic. Oh, Hey, we're going to talk about this hot topic. That's not at all what it was. We ended up doing histories and telling stories and da-da-da-da. But one of the episodes I told Kurt we should do is like, hey, let's talk about this money-grabbing UFC lawsuit where all these fighters and everybody are suing the UFC saying they're making money off of them, and class actions, anyways, it shit's going down, so there's a federal judge, uh, coming out of the U.S. District Court for Nevada, uh, he's, uh, who, he's, he's granted the plaintiff's class certification for this lawsuit against UFC, now, uh, it's a clash action suit, meaning there's about 1,200 fighters who can sue the UFC as a collective for alleged unfair business practices. Now, what's the time period on this? Well, this time period goes from December 16th of 2010 all the way to June 30th of 2017. Of course, now the UFC uh, is owned by Endeavor. Endeavor just mer- is going to be merging with the WWE at the end of the year. Uh, There's pockets galore. They're going to fight this. Their attorneys are going to be working clock overtime making money. Uh, I guarantee you
1: um, UFC will appeal this. Uh, This
0: lawsuit's been kicked around since for nine years now. But uh, the antitrust lawsuit three years ago uh anyways, it's it's one that it really got kicked up. Sorry, I was I'm just skimming through the notes here. Now, um it was all over social media. The plaintiffs uh are alleging that the UFC is an illegal money operation uh monopoly who have snuffed out competition from other promotions in an effort to drive down fighters' wages. Now this case pretty much was probably going to get thrown out had it not got the class action certification, which now it has. It has the ammo and the firepower now. Uh, but ultimately, you can't fight City Hall and win. This is UFC. There is no more pride anymore. Uh, I mean, what, what, what do you have besides the UFC? You've got the other one. The PFL or whatever. A couple of the others, but I don't know. I mean uh, I don't think it's going to get very far. I mean, kudos to them if that's really what's going on. If the UFC was being dirty about it, then kudos to these guys for having the merit to stand up to them and the balls, but I don't think you're going to get because up to 1,200 applicants can be a part of this, this class action lawsuit. They're going to seek damages from between $800 million to $1.6 billion. Now, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Even a big financial corporation that's making money hand over fist like this, they're making a lot of money, but still, that... An $800 million ding in your checking account is going to hurt. Even though you got money galore, and you'll bounce back from this relatively thin span of a few months to a year, but still, an $800 million ding, that's going to be like only, imagine this times 100000 but that's going to be like each of us taking a $10,000 hit out of our checkbook. And when I say us, I mean all of us, because 80% of you listening are just as poor and fucking broke as me, so you know I'm right. So, I don't know, as always, I will keep you updated on all that information. Uh, Sportscaster night. I'm excited. I missed you guys. Uh, I got some guys at work that's been checking out the podcast now, and I thought they were fucking with me, because these people do all this shit to fuck with me all the time. Every single person I work with uh, at the butcher shop likes to screw with me, and they get some sort of joy and entertainment out of it. And uh, they're like, "Oh, we've been checking out your podcast you've been checking out your podcast like whatever and then I go and I click I, I look at the analytics today because I check out the analytics on this show and on my other show that other Masonic podcast and uh all of a sudden all the I'm, I'm having all these hits pop up in Indiana for the month of August already and we're only ten days into the month so it's just it's uh, it's very interesting.
1: Uh
0: Alex Murillo, the owner of the Arizona Coyotes, a- another callback, we've talked about them at length. Uh he executed a letter of intent to purchase a piece of land in Northwest Mesa, Arizona to build a new sports arena and entertainment district for the franchise. Why is this important? Well, as you know, for the last uh year or so, the Arizona Coyotes had called Glendale home. Uh And not no more because the city council did not renew their lease to their arena. So last season and this upcoming 2023 season, they're going to be playing at a 5,000 seat venue called Mullet Arena, which is on the Arizona State campus based in Tempe, Arizona. Now The team released a statement this afternoon, early this afternoon, while we were all still punching the clock, that said, "Quote: The Coyotes remain committed to building the first privately funded sports facility in Arizona history, and ensuring that the Arizona Valley as the club's permanent home." Uh, Terms of this deal has not been disclosed or anything like that. It's just uh, it's in the works. Now this is this is in Northwest Mesa. But they're looking at multiple sites, so uh, according to a team source, you can expect more letters of intent to be flooding in uh, and being released to the media over the next coming weeks. Now, the as I said, Murillo moved the team to Arizona State University because it was just supposed to be a temporary fix because he was going to build which, uh, if you remember, we talked about this last year and earlier this year, I think, they were going to build like almost a $3 billion entertainment district in Tempe, Arizona, which was going to be built on a pre-existing landfill which was owned by the city there in Arizona. Of course, that plan got rejected by voters on a special election ballot in May, which disappointed both the Coyotes' ownership as well as the commissioner, Gary Bettman. And, of course, out of the big four, the NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NFL, uh, Gary Bettman is the best commissioner of all of them in the NHL. Now, this cause prompted a lot of people to wonder where exactly does Arizona go from here? Uh, Should there be relocation? Now, it's funny because... Uh, A lot of people don't want to see them leave, but yet they're doing nothing to to help further this to keep them here. Now, there's no hockey in Houston. The only hockey in the state of Texas is Dallas. Uh, There's no professional sports in Salt Lake City, Utah, except for the Jazz. Uh, Both areas kind of did an off-the-chain kind of reach out. Uh, There's interest there. But of course at the end of the day Morello would like to keep the team in the valley. Now uh, uh just about a month and a half ago uh the CEO, the guy right under uh <laughs> the guy right under the guy uh the second in command, CEO Xavier Gutierrez uh said that should relocation have to f- have to happen there is about a half a dozen locations on their radar of where they would go, all of which do not require a public vote for the construction of a new arena. Now, where those are at, they didn't say. Uh, But Murillo's plan right now is to purchase an empty parcel of land in northwest Mesa, Arizona. Of course, if they're in Mesa, the Mesa Valley... We all know that would keep them near their big markets of Phoenix, Arizona, Tempe, and Scottsdale. So, uh, hey, we love new stadiums being built. So, I'll definitely keep you updated about that. All right, so now we're going to shift gears a little bit here. We're going to shift gears. I just got a Facebook message. I don't recognize this person. Excuse me, I'm reading my messages. Did I pause this? No, of course I didn't. Sorry, uh, I'll just swipe that notification away. Okay, now we're gonna switch gears a little bit, and we're gonna we're gonna go to the NFL, and uh, we have back to back to back PP spankings. I love saying that. <laughs> somebody somebody checked out the podcast before uh, a, a, a friend of mine. He goes. I got to ask. He goes, I laugh every time I see it in the episode titles or in the description. You say it. He goes, What does a PP spanking mean? A PP spanking is a Mark Edge term. I know that name do not mean anything to you, and he'll never hear this, but Mark Edge was uh, one of my favorite people I ever worked with in the 10 years I spent working uh, in the cast iron foundry, in the steel mill. And uh, when I would do something wrong and get jumped by the supervisor or get yelled at, Mark would take his hand. And he would uh, he would swat it forward a little bit. He'd just stick it right in the middle there and just swat forward. He goes, you "Done got that PP spank," which meant yours in trouble, you know. Not an ass whipping, and would be easier. our PP spankings worse. I done you done, yo, blue. You done got that PP spank, blue, you know, because our hard hats are blue. Call me blue. Blue, you done got that PP spank. Anyways, we we we've got back to back to back NFL PP spankings, and it ain't pretty. And we're going to start with a callback, and actually, two of these PP spankings are callbacks to prior episodes. Uh, we're going to start with particular with uh, Henry Ruggs III, the former number one overall—not number one—I should say—the former first round pick for the very first year that we had the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, of course, uh, you guys remember in November of 2021, he was involved in a drunken. Driving crash that killed a woman and her dog, oh yeah, a car went out in a blaze of fire and everything else uh he was sentenced this morning to three to ten years in prison three to ten years. Now, let me tell you something about what I've always said about rich people and famous people and celebrities aren't held to the same standards as we are. He was driving over hundred miles an hour, which we'll get to in a minute. This was tragic. The car exploded. It was it was a tragic accident. Um he can be eligible for parole in three years. If that'd been mere you, we'd have never seen parole. Or if we did, it would have taken twenty-five years to get parole. Now he's 24 years of age. Uh he's been under house arrest with alcohol and location tagging since pleading guilty in May to one count of DUI resulting in death and one count of misdemeanor, vehicle, and manslaughter. Uh, now, he read a statement to her family in court today. He said, to the parents and the family of Miss Tenter, I sincerely apologize for the pain and suffering. Excuse me, the woman's name, by the way, I should have mentioned that, was Tina Tenter. Uh And before that, uh, Clark County, they're in Vakes, Clark County District Court Judge Jennifer Swartz told him today that this was one of the most tragic cases she's ever seen since being on the bench. Now, he was dressed to the nines, playing the part like he should. He was very upset. He said, my actions are not a true reflection of me. Uh, He said, uh, this isn't who I am.
1: Now, uh, let me see here. Now, what,
0: what gets me about this is that uh, the DA's office, the, the, the DA, uh, Eric Bowman, said that he left fi- Rugs file excuse me, permanently on his desk for two years. Said he used to stop at this lady's memorial, left tennis balls for her dog. He said, what sticks with me most about this case is it's the crash didn't kill her. She could have walked away from the impact and lived a completely different life, but she burned to death. And her dog burned to death, and she suffered. It haunts me. Now she was twenty three. Uh, you know her and her dog. It's very sad. Now for a refresher, as much as I, as I this is you know sucks to to talk about. Uh, this was November second, twenty twenty one. He reached speeds of one hundred and fifty six mile an hour uh, in his Stingray Corvette of all things. And he just fucking launched into her RAV4, which was going just over 40 miles an hour. Now, uh, her car moved like almost 600 feet. So, a few hours after the crash, Mr. Celebrity Boy here uh, had a blood draw at the hospital. He tested a .161, which is more than twice the legal limit. Of .08. Now I guess what happened was he was out with some homies at a top golf on the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, he should have had somebody drive him home, but he's rich. He's a big star in the city. Uh, and yeah. So his You know, like I said, he'll never play another down of professional football again. Uh, If I remember right, I think the Raiders cut him hours after the crash. And I mean, it wasn't even a full count. It was just a few hours after. And rightfully so. You fucked up. Not only did you fuck up, you took the life of a woman. Okay, not only did you take the life of a woman. You know, sometimes accidents happen. You take the life of a woman. It's a bad crash. You fucking were running 150 plus miles an hour. And you hit this bitch so hard, her car moved 600 feet. And she couldn't get out of the car. Her and her dog burned to death. Where your
1: drunken rich ass was just sitting there. So, yeah.
0: Good for justice being served. Shitty for him being eligible for parole after only three years. Okay, the biggest story in sports. One of the biggest stories in sports last year was the, well, well, actually, yes, it was the live golf, Saudi blood money thing. But it was also the Mississippi State welfare fraud case. Brett, Fav- Brett Favre and uh, the DiBiase family and all that. Well, this story just keeps going. It's uh, it's misspent welfare money to some of the poorest people in the United States and all this stuff. And Brett Favre got money for stuff he didn't do or was going to do. And Brett's, you know, um, I've talked about this
1: till we've been blue in the face. Um... Brett
0: uh, has asked to be removed as a defendant in this civil lawsuit that's asking for millions. Now, a panel of three judges got together
1: yesterday uh, and denied an appeal from Favre Um now, Favre's
0: attorneys put written arguments out back in towards the end of the spring, which we've talked about, that said the Mississippi Department of Human Services is making utterly meritless legal arguments uh, against the retired quarterback. So, back in April, uh <clears throat> circuit court judge denied Favre's request to be removed from the lawsuit, which has had more than three dozen people or businesses attached as defendants, including some of the DiBiase family. Now, basically, for freshers, we've talked about to have been blue in the face, this, is, this appropriates to millions of federal welfare dollars for low-income residents in the state of Mississippi, which has obviously always been one of the, the poorest states in the nation. Uh, it was squandered away on projects supported by wealthy and connected people, from 2016, 17, 18, and 19, according to what the prosecutors in this case say. Now, the Department of Human Services lawsuit filed last year is uh, dealing with some of these TANF funds. TANF stands for Temporary Assistance for the Needy.
1: Temporary Assistance for Needy Families uh
0: now this was um sorry i'm trying to find my notes because I i I've kept a sidebar of notes on this story anyways there this was dealing with five million dollars for a volleyball arena where he played college ball at for his where his daughter was playing at the time uh another two million toward the development of a concussion treatment drug which we've talked about now. There's been no charges brought against Brett Favre since this whole thing has started, since this whole thing got kicked up last year. Uh, Favre has denied any involvement in anything. Uh, Now, attorneys for the state of Mississippi have said that Favre took over $1 million in TANF funds for speeches he never made. Okay, now, uh, Favre has repaid that the state's attorney wrote, but he has neither repaid the $1.7 million he arranged for his drug company, Provacus, to receive in exchange for giving stock or the $5 million he orchestrated for the USM Athletic Department to receive a volleyball facility. Now, Far's attorneys argue that the Department of Human Services is suing that Hall of Famer to deflect from the department's own role in allowing fraud uh same thing i tell you every time it's a it's it's a very fascinating story uh i urge everybody to look into it if you're if you're curious this is this is just like the this is like the live golf and pga story before their merger this this there's something interesting about this every day it's it's a fascinating fascinating thing uh Third-generation professional wrestler, uh, Ted DiBiase Jr., son of one of the greatest heels in the history of the wrestling business, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Uh, Teddy Jr. and his brother, Mike, Mike, uh, they're in some shit. Uh, Teddy's looking at hard time and millions and millions of dollars of being just, uh, yeah. And then... The CEO of the San Francisco 49ers, which this is a segue. I guess I'm done talking about the Brett Favre thing now. Uh, Jed York is in some deep shit getting his peepee spanked over insider trading and violations of the federal security laws. Uh, this is connected to him being a part of the board of directors on a company called Chegg, which is an educational company based in Santa Clara, California. Uh, According to the report, him and the other directors are accused of concealing the company's role in helping students cheat on online tests. The lawsuits are claiming that the students used the Chegg account to receive instant answers to questions on exams administered online. Now, this company made a fucking mint during the pandemic with everybody being homeschooled Uh. But then, eventually, when everybody returned in in, uh, on-site classes, in-person classes, the stock prices dropped. Uh, At one time during the pandemic, the stock for Chegg peaked at like $114 a share. Uh, But as of today, they're trading at like $10 a share. Uh, This lawsuit is claiming that Jed York made like one and a half million dollars on the sale of twenty thousand shares at artificially inflated prices so uh
1: at any rate
0: uh try to wrap it up here sorry I keep my phone keeps going off. I keep getting. Uh we just had to make this. I mean, this will be a mini, mini, almost. Uh, I guess the last thing I was going to talk about, uh, and I wasn't going to, but I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to end this early. So, a little content's better than no content, right? Uh, I want to talk about this whole uh, Indianapolis Colts with Jonathan Taylor thing. And actually, I don't even really want to talk about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Taylor was a beast in 2021. Taylor did not perform in 2022, and Taylor's acting like a little bitch in 2023. Uh, Kareem Hunt came to Indianapolis yesterday for a visit with the team and left without a contract, and I was pissed, because I still put value in Kareem Hunt, I don't give a fuck what happened to him and this whole domestic violence thing and everything, I could give a fuck less about any of that, that was years ago, it's water under the bridge, do not care, don't talk to me about it. Uh, And don't say I'm ignoring what happens to women because how many times have we jumped on this show and we call out these motherfuckers for sexual harassment and sexual assault and battery and domestic violence. We call them all out. I've done it until I've been blue in the face. But Taylor's acting like a bitch. Kareem Hunt can still perform. They brought him in. I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. And then he fucking leaves the Circle City without a contract. Uh, because they couldn't come to a mutual agreement. Uh, the whole reason we're having this is because Taylor is on the pup list uh, because of his ankle, and yet he's also pissy about his contract situation. He's wanting to get paid like he's the 2021 running back when
1: he was a shit-the-bed in 2022 running back. And he's acting like a 2023 little bitch. So damn it, I keep getting interrupted. Okay.
0: Well, you know everybody, I'm I'm sorry, I apologize. This will be the worst episode we've ever done. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to end it here. Um I encourage you, there's a couple other things I was gonna talk about tonight. Uh, that I haven't got to. Uh, that's a little bit of tennis talk. Um, there you can make $65 million playing in a tennis major this year. Uh, that's the prize money and shit for the U.S. Open. Uh, $65 million to play tennis. How impressive is that? That's that's never been done. Uh, uh, that's phenomenal, of course, the open will go down uh started at the end of August, and uh it should conclude by on uh around about nine eleven uh so this is awesome um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about is there actually is some live golf uh p g a golf news and that's basically uh the commissioner of the PGA, Jay Monahams, talking about when he came back from uh, a medical leave because he he was in a medical leave because this whole pissing contest between him and Liv Golf just ruined the dude's mental health. And there's there's some great information about that and this continued merger between the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, uh, DP World Tour, and the PGA. This uh, three headed. Uh, Brain Trust merger, and then uh, the other thing I encourage you guys to talk uh, to look at if you if you want something that uh, if you want something that's going to make you think about Pete Rose and all this gambling that's going on in sports. Uh, and I really wish Kirk could have been here tonight because he'd have just been like, "Leave that phone alone, man! Leave that phone alone. Let's talk a little shop." Uh, unfortunately, it's not what's going on. Uh, this this. uh Pete Rose and betting on baseball, and these, you know, these these young kids getting suspended by the NBA and the NFL for the sports betting and everything. Uh, there's some news that came out about Phil Mickelson today, uh, about him betting more than a billion with a B on football, basketball, baseball over the last three decades, and he even tried. To place a half a million dollar bet on Team USA about a decade ago in the Ryder Cup that he played
1: in. That he played in. Now I have your attention because a lot of you are listening thinking about Pete Rose.
0: In 2012, Mickelson was on Team USA for the Ryder Cup.
1: He tried to place a half a million dollar bet on the team. Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Alright,
0: Google this story. Google this story, you won't regret it. It'll be awesome. And uh, I think that about wraps it up. Guys, I'm so sorry for the brief version tonight. But, you know, it is what it is. Some things come up I have to take care of. Uh I had these notes done. Kurt and I were gonna record, then the memory card was full on our recording equipment, and I was like shit. I was like, just don't worry about it, bro, and I'm like, you know what, I got these notes pulled up. I'll just throw in the earbuds, I'll get on the podbean app, which I don't use a lot of now. Uh so here we are. Uh but at any rate guys, uh I wanna apologize for the five or six weeks absence. i we've just been super busy. We will get back in a better rhythm. I was going to try to hit a hundred episodes this year, not record a hundred, but we were going to, we were going to have at least a hundred episodes by the end of the year and just, uh, all time. Uh don't look like we're going to get there <laughs> now, but, uh, anyways, for the homie, Kirk Kelly, I'm Jared Atkins, uh, the pod father. Uh, if you lo- see me posting stuff about Freemasonry on Facebook, check out my other podcast called that other Masonic podcast with uh, Brother Todd Whaley, my guy in my Masonic Lodge. Uh, Enjoy this show. And don't forget, uh, coming this fall, the professional wrestling podcast that is yet to be named by yours truly. So, all right, guys, for Kirk Kelly, uh, hopefully you guys will have some new content coming out later this weekend when we talk about Johnny Paycheck. Take this job and shove it. Oh, I'm going to be singing that real soon.
1: Peace. (laughs)